0: it fam. hey y'all guess what it's cold outside it's
1: windy <laughs> i had to bring a blue jean jacket here to record and i
0: i feel mixed about it but uh, i
1: forgot that the sun can be out during fall i think that's that's a key component to enjoying this
0: season mm, yeah i mean more than key like it's necessary without the sun this is just unbearable It really is. It's already got that chill on it, you know what I mean? Last night, I'm out here trying to be cute, soak up my last couple days of (laughs) what I thought was summer, but clearly it's now fall. Mm -hmm. And I was chilly, standing by the fire. I was chilly. Literally a real fire. (laughs) Literally a real fire, y'all. And I was still (laughs) cold out here. So if y'all didn't know, uh, the seasons have started to flip over. So begin to prepare yourself, get yourself ready. Uh, for the changes that are to come but Mm. uh welcome y'all to the rooted life podcast uh season finale actually um where we believe in worship and witness because the more we know god the better we reflect him and y'all know we're gonna keep it real Mm -hmm. we're gonna share our personal stories and also just try to give y'all practical ways that we can all strengthen our faith so morgan tell us we didn't get to do this last week Mm -mm. so uh tell us about your glows and grows this week well let's start off with the grow child i feel like i just don't
1: know how to be on time (laughs) I literally was like, "Should I give up?" Last night I was like, "Should I just give
0: up on being on time?" You know, this is so interesting because just two weeks ago, just two someone's ago, bright glow, <laughs> that glowing.
1: I was like, wow, <laughs> on y'all!" Time last night I was like, "I think it's impossible it for me." Is,
0: it's a wrap for me. I'm you blaming quarantine.
1: I'm just blaming quarantine. But <laughs> I'd be wait. I was late to work stuff, in person work stuff. Yeah.
0: It was a wrap for me before yeah. quarantine. During it, I don't
1: know. I, think I, that- I just don't know why I'm not able to do it. I don't know if I'm not giving myself enough time. Yeah, a lot of it is commuting because you know DC is taking me 40 minutes to get it's something, up, yeah. to get somewhere. You know, last night it took me 40 minutes to where we were going. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I almost gave up. I was like, I'm just don't
0: in town. Stop trying. You know, I think that I believe this is my approach to life. Okay, yeah, I'm life nervous. has a built-in grace period called five to ten minutes. And so. <laughs> I believe that anything that you do, anything in life, except for like work stuff. I mean, work is where the, I still believe there's a grace period, but I believe it shrinks to one to two minutes. You're saying at this work. with a
1: straight face, like it's a scientific Morgan, fact.
0: I'm so serious.
1: I know you. Everybody are.
0: gets a grace period, one to two minutes at work, five to ten with friend or family related things, and okay. I abide by that. So yeah, you do. To I know. <laughs> I'd be
1: here close to on time, and you'd be thinking, oh, according I'm getting according
0: to that.
1: I think uh, that okay, I've been okay, I'm on let's, time. Let's move on. So what um, are your glow? <laughs> my glow is that I feel like I'm really I say this every week, but I'm really feeling good about singleness. Okay. Like I'm so glad we did the season. Like mm-hmm. I, I I was thinking about it. Usually I have something to hope for, but it's like, I don't have anything in the future to hope for. Mm-hmm. I don't have a trip, mm-hmm. an event, a graduation, a mm-hmm. concert, nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like God's like, all right, so what you gonna hope in? I'm like, I guess you. <laughs> That's all I got. is this, this all I got. And it's all I need. Yeah. So I feel like now I'm learning to really put my hope in him because he's taking away the crutch I use of being like, oh, I'm just going to look forward to this mm-hmm. thing to keep me excited, to keep me working, keep me engaged. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, it's just me and you.
0: And I'm like, all right. Yeah. That's Let's fair. do it. That's really real. So that's been good. I literally thought about that the other day. I was like, dang, we ain't got nothing planned. Like nothing to, Not I even like a the holiday. use, crutch. Because Th- life is different now. Mm-hmm. So even like looking forward to taking time off for the holidays, that's different because we all been at home all mm-hmm. year. So uh, a lot of things have shifted. And to your point, like where our hope is now has to be connected back to him, mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. of what we're looking at around us. So love that glow, girl. So my grow this week um, is actually, I want to do a better job of incorporating the Sabbath into my week. Mm. Um, I was talking to my friend Roddy and he was saying that when you don't like take time to rest, it's basically telling God, like I don't trust that if I don't work today, that you're going to make up for it with my rest. And mm, I'm like, dang, great. I don't want to essentially be disobedient in that way and not put my, my hope and trust in him. And so... I think what I have learned is that I have to be fully productive six days in order to get that oh, one day, and wow. that's what the challenge is. Because I was like, "Well, I have Sabbath moments," and he was like, "Well, when are you having these Sabbath moments?" I'm like, "Well, every day I kind of like
1: Don't kick around
0: for an hour to like not doing anything, <laughs> you know, all these other things." And mm-hmm. so I'm like, "But if I really gave my all for six days, I could block mm-hmm. off a day where I get to just kind of mm-hmm. like rest and relax." And so. I'm going to attempt that this coming week, so I will, uh, well, I guess I won't be reporting back next week, but I'll let you know. (laughs) And then my glow, um, I got to pitch a new project at work um, to the Diversity and Equity Council, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and essentially I think it's so cool because I'm bringing the concept of church small groups to work, and like (laughs) they don't even really know, know. but they're getting a little bit of Jesus up in here, Mm -hmm. and um, so I'm just really excited to be able to lead a new project that I feel like it was crazy how I was able to kind of connect it to some of the other things God was doing in my life. And just mm. again, him being revealed as like the master planner just really Good. shook me. So I'm feeling really excited about that. I'm excited
1: for you. Cause I know we had <laughs> talked about wanting to feel even on the podcast, you wanting to feel more encouraged mm-hmm. and, and to feel you know, I think you're somebody who's very creative, who likes to do things that challenges you, and so mm-hmm. to not have the opportunity at work, yeah. be able to grow and be challenged, I think was difficult. So I'm glad that he gave you yeah. on a silver platter. He's like, here you go, girl. This is what know. you've been waiting for. Three girl All right. So speaking of being excited, what I'm excited about is this last episode. So mm-hmm. we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do answer some listener-provided questions. Yay. And I think that we tried to tackle as many topics this season as we could, and we haven't been able to cover everything. So we're going to do a little Ask the Rooted Life. So mm-hmm. we got some questions that people submitted uh, through our DM, so let's see if we could try to answer it with the help of the Holy
0: Spirit. Amen. Amen. Um <laughs> okay, so our first question it is um what can someone do if they are losing hope in friendships because their efforts are not being reciprocated?
1: Mm. Oof. That was that's tough. We're really just gonna we're gonna dive into it deep already. Yeah, we're going in there Okay, I thought we'd mean, do like a little one. surface <laughs> stuff. <laughs> easy. Something cute. Yeah, something that's like a give no. us a softball. No? no, this is um this is tough. I think this okay. is a very Christian answer, but I think it's always a good first step. Is like, ask God what the real issue is. Mm. Like, what's the disconnect there? Like, is it you? Honestly, is it them? Um, are you asking them to do things that God should be doing? So are you asking them to be all of your hope, all mm. of your joy, all of your peace? Are you leaning on them for things that only God can really do? Which puts, and I've done this, like it puts an unrealistic expectation and weight on them because they know they can't fulfill that expectation. Mm. And they end up feeling so just horrible because they can't be what you need. And you're horrible because they can't do it. But Mm. we weren't designed to do that. And so I say, ask God what the issue is so he can give you kind of a revelation on on what the problem is. And so that, and so he can give you a solution. And and then I would be specific with my ask from God. It's like, God, I want this kind of friend. Like we prayed for friends for literally a year, a long time. Mm Mm-hmm a long time and God did it. But I think that he had to first show us how to allow Jesus to be our friend and how to be a good friend to God. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like he had to teach me that because I don't think I would have been able to steward these friendships
0: wisely. Now I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are such good points. I think it's too, like what conversations are you having with Mm -hmm. these friendships? And this is assuming that you haven't had like a, Hey, let me sit down and kind of like really clearly communicate with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you do that, or if you have not done that, conversation um it's really a matter of just like talking about expectations getting aligned about like hey here's some of the things that I need to feel valued in this Mm -hmm. relationship that I feel like I'm not getting what is it that you need in the relationship and and not making a like hey you're not showing up for me but like a hey, I want us to have a better relationship. And so, like, how can we do that together? What do you need Mm. from me? What can I get from you? Um, And then just something really practical, like you mentioned the love languages. Like, Mm -hmm. understand how they want to be loved and then share with them how you like to be loved. Because maybe people think that they are showing up for you. They are reciprocating your efforts, but it's just not the way that you want it or the Mm -hmm. way that it resonates with you. So I think a lot of it, sometimes, like, with, with the friendships, a conversation can kind of nip a lot of things in the it bud. Really like, you we, would be surprised it. how much, like, just talking about something would be like, okay, now I get this and I can move forward from mm-hmm. it. Wow, that was a good first
1: question. Yeah. All right. Second question mm. How do you balance a group friendship with multiple
0: personalities? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well being in a sorority i have had to balance a lot of personalities Mm, at different times and when i think about my friendships that are um group style friendships i think it it starts with like accepting people for who they are like you got to be able to look at folks and and just know them well enough that you're like okay this is how you gonna act and i know this and so now Mm. i'm able to kind of like prepare myself when I engage in this relationship and Mm -hmm. um the way that the question is framed I'm guessing that there's probably a point of tension because there are multiple personalities Mm -hmm. and I think in doing so like you have to respect people's identities you know yeah. and kind of like just respect who they are and respect the differences because yeah. a lot of times in group friendships the tension is because like everybody wants to do something mm-hmm. different everybody wants their own way which you're not going to get in a group friendship mm-hmm. and so part of it is like understanding your friends better but I think part of it is a self reflective thing of knowing that you're not always going to get your way too wow yeah
1: mm, excuse me <laughs> just had to Morgan
0: yeah no <laughs> Krishna, how's that for me? (laughs) Really? Can you share that, please? I think it's so funny. I was
1: telling Dorian that sometimes when I text my name too quickly, like I send a lot of work texts or even emails, it changes my. The auto corrects to Krishna.
0: Isn't that so random, y'all? So
1: random. I'm
0: like, how did y'all
1: get Krishna from Morgan?
0: I don't know why that is so
1: funny. I can't wait to show you next time. I don't know why. I'm gonna just keep it there next time. I'm just gonna screenshot (laughs) Love Krishna.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, what do you okay. think about multiple personalities?
1: Well, I feel like that was my whole high school <laughs> experience. experience. It was horrible. But I think sometimes we, we put a lot of stock in the fact of, like, yes, we're, we have a group identity because we're friends, but not really – Kind of what you're saying is like recognizing that we have individual identities. And I think that we have to build relationship with those individuals mm. and find out like what are their needs? What do they like? What are their strengths? And like give people a chance to operate in their gifts, I like, like set them up for success. If you know that this person likes to pick the restaurant or you know that this person likes these certain things, like give them a chance to shine because mm. everybody wants a chance to, to shine, yeah, you know? And, yeah. and I think you can do that by helping to set people up for success and giving them a chance to be their best self
0: mm, i love the the point about like everybody wants to shine because that's really what it comes down to yeah. like there's tension in relationships when people feel like they didn't get something mm, you know that's true and whether it's that they didn't get something that they needed from you or that they just didn't get a chance to get the spotlight a little yeah. bit you know and like it's tough when you have to balance multiple people, everybody mm-hmm. getting a little bit of spotlight, but I like your reference about gifts. Cause there are certain things that I know in my friendships, it's like, okay, she's really good at like knowing the restaurants. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna let her do that. And like, I'm gonna work on the hotel. And mm-hmm. so now everybody gets to have their little contribution to the friendship. I'm laughing. Cause you did both for our last trip. Well, I love to plan <laughs> full trips front to I love back, that. but my friends also know that, you yeah, know? And it. so it, I think that once we get on the trip, other friends are good about like, oh, you know, this place has good music or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely going to get the trip popping off because <laughs> I love playing trips. And I'm always the one that has
1: to plan for other people. So I love when you plan. I'm like, Ooh, let me kick my feet up. <laughs> I can rest
0: for a moment. I feel like you did the um because with the movie thing, like I didn't know about that. I feel like you're oh, good yeah. about finding unique experiences. Mm-hmm. I'm really Take good that. at finding like. Usually, whatever the trendy thing is and the most mm. expensive thing. Yeah, you so, do love expensive. <laughs> I things. love to spend money, <laughs> so I'm good at being like, oh, this little place is like top notch, and it's gonna true, have this. True. And you're like, well, there's also this like secret thing over here, secret? and we got to do both. So you yeah. know, operating your gift. Shout out to California, we love y'all. <laughs> we really all love you. you so much. <laughs> like we want to be back. Okay, uh, so question number three: mm-hmm. How do you define best friend, and what does that mean to you? <clears throat>
1: Y'all, that word best friend used to be super triggering for me. Mm. Uh, In high school, there was just so much drama over one of my friends and everybody wanted to be her best friend. And there was this one girl who was trying to make her her best friend, but didn't want nobody else to be friends Mm. with her that close. It was just like a lot of drama. Mm -hmm. So I'm always just really cautious of using that word just because of my experience in high school. And I know how it is to not have a best friend. Or to have a friend and to want community and other people like my best friend. And you're mm-hmm. like, God, give me one friend. They mm-hmm. got a best one. Mm-hmm. Like I want community and I never want people to feel like they're excluded or they're outside the fold because everyone has this little friend group that they're not a part of. Yeah. And so I think that's also like the gift of I was saying it earlier, of like spending so much of my life feeling like I'm living on the margins. and the, And I think it gives me just a heart for people to think about how people are. A part of the community or not. And I mean, like, obviously, you're my best friend. Like, I think that goes oh, without that. saying. Mm-hmm. But even when I talk about you, I'm like, Doe, she's my closest friend. And then I go on from that so that people don't feel like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just don't want people to feel excluded. Um, So that's kind of how I think about it. And I just want to always be thinking about how I can include people and bring them into the fold.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. That's such a sweet perspective. I have had similar Experiences around the word best friend, and mm. honestly, not even really feeling like I had one mm. until you. To be honest, mm. and and thinking about in the past when I have used the word and then people didn't show up in a way oh, that I man. thought that a best friend, quote unquote, should, and mm-hmm. then feeling even more hurt because I'm like, yeah. dang, that was supposed to be my best friend, and then now we're not even friends anymore. And so I think to that point, like, it's less about the terminology but more about, like, the characteristics That's of the good. people in your life. And yeah. I posted something about this last week where it's just like, you know, I'm appreciating the people who I can trust with my insecurities, the mm-hmm. people who forgive quickly, and the people who make room for my flaws. And mm-hmm. so if you have those people, whether you want to call them best friend, sister, brother, homeboy, cousin, whatever, um, just kind of knowing that, like, there are people in our lives that can look out for us in that way and like just treasure that and however mm-hmm. you want to label it
1: label it how you want,
0: you know? Yeah, I think I'm just going to add on, too.
1: I think we live in a culture that idolizes finding that one person that can be everything, Mm. whether it's a friendship, whether it's a marriage, but it's like, what's the, I think the gift of community is that God will give you people who can do, provide different things for you, and one person doesn't have to be your all, so Mm -hmm. if you don't have a best friend, like, that's okay. Maybe God has gifted you with six different friends. Mm -hmm. One can be the encourager. Mm -hmm. One, you can go out and listen to music with. Maybe one, you can talk about books. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to have one best friend to have a full community. I think, Mm -hmm. kind of what you said is about the character and the integrity and people showing up for you. So don't yeah. feel like you have to have a best friend to be winning.
0: Mm, I love that. Yeah. So best friend, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> That's our final answer. It is what it is. <laughs>
1: Whatever you want it to be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next question. Um, what's your perspective on maintaining long distance friendships and relationships? Ooh,
0: I like this question. Mm-hmm. Um, I have mixed feelings about, the relationship part, but I think that what what long distance friendships and romantic relationships need are kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and funny enough, like I think of us as we were once a long distance friendship. Mm-hmm. Um for like four years. Wow. When you moved up to D.C. After you graduated, I stayed in Atlanta slash mm-hmm. moved to a bunch of other cities <laughs> so many places. all over the place. Um, but either way, we were never in the same city again until 2018 when mm. I moved here. But the two things that really stood out to me about how we maintained our friendship were reciprocated effort and mm-hmm. vulnerability. Mm. And I think like. To reciprocated effort, it was never just me reaching out to you or just you reaching out to right, me. Right, right. It was an equal interest in pouring into the relationship, mm-hmm. which meant a lot. And whether that meant we didn't talk for three or six months or just three or six weeks, mm-hmm. we both were invested in whatever was taking place. Mm-hmm. And I think the second thing was, like, we took the time to visit each other. I think that Mm -hmm. is a big thing for long-distance friendships and relationships. It's just, like, I will take the time to, like, leave the comfortability of my everyday life Mm. to be like, you know what, you mean enough for me to, like, pop up here for a weekend. Or if you were home in Atlanta, you had tons of people you needed to see, but we always, I mean, I remember so many times, like, laying on my bed, like, Mm -hmm. laughing. Like, you would always make sure to come by the house. So, Um, And I think with vulnerability, just kind of, finding ways to cultivate that from a distance because it can be difficult. Um, But we were kind of talking about it a little bit before. And I think just finding those moments to be able to share more, more vulnerably kind of like go beneath the surface. And um, we didn't have an opportunity to really do that as much on the front end of Mm -hmm. our friendship. But now I, I look at it and I'm like, dang, yeah, you probably can cultivate that vulnerability if you are not just doing like top line catch-ups and running Mm -hmm. the highlight reel but really talking Mm -hmm. about like what are the things i'm struggling with what are the things that are hurting me um and what is it that i could have more of even in our relationship Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i think uh my perspective is that it's difficult (laughs) i think it's a gift because i think it like you said it teaches you a lot of things it takes a lot of intentionality but it's also a huge sacrifice Mm -hmm. um and i think like It's a gift to have relationships that don't require proximity. It's like even if we're across the country, we still are learning and desiring to, like you said, pour into each other. But there's a lot of sacrifice that has to be made when it's long distance, like late night phone calls, trying to coordinate time zones. I mean, that's Mm. just logistics. I think it's very difficult. But I think as long as you are aligning with your expectation and your needs, I think that it can be successful. And I think it requires the same things that a relationship um, with somebody who's in your same city can be. Because there can be some of my friends who I don't see. The same amount as I would like I have friends who live in D.C. that I ain't seen in three months. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's quarantine, but like they work for, you know, they they travel for work. So it's like I haven't seen them. So in a way it kind of feels long distance. But I don't know if the distance makes so much of a difference um, as much as like putting the intentional effort and being clear about what you need and what they need. So I mm. think that's important either way.
0: Yeah, I think too. like something to think about is if all of a sudden proximity is no longer a thing for a relationship and mm. y'all are suddenly distant. Um, in geographical location you're distant and then you feel the distance in that relationship like it might actually be revealing something to you because I think as I moved around a lot and went to a lot of different places everybody didn't continue on Mm -hmm. in relationship with me because of those moves and so now that I'm 28 it's almost like you know how you sift Mm
1: -hmm. flour
0: it's like now I see who has shaken out and like who's still around so I would also just use that as a point of evaluation too, to kind of know like who should be staying around and maybe who should. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. So question number five. Uh, so what can married couples do to support and encourage singles more? Ooh, really getting like into one. the
1: romantic side. Yeah, yeah. Love that. I like that I question. think one thing that I've struggled with and one thing that is encouraging for me is on married couples. Just remind me, remind me to live my life fully right now. Mm. And, like, I don't have to wait for my best life in the future. My best life isn't waiting for me when I get married or have kids or – pay off these student loans, but I'm praying that he will do all three. Yes, father, <laughs> specifically the loans, father, do it for your girl. <laughs> like, I don't have to wait for all that. Like God's goodness is in today. And I think when they remind me of that, of like, girl, your singleness is a gift, mm-hmm. like, en- like enjoy it. Enjoy sleeping in, enjoy waking up whenever you want. Enjoy mm-hmm. eating out. Just like enjoy this mm-hmm. now. Cause there's going to be a time when you have to make a lot of sacrifices. So mm-hmm. I just appreciate when they remind me. And I think, um, Don Cherie had a great sermon, uh, a couple weeks ago when she talked about the hidden harvest like are you mm-hmm. looking for the hidden harvest and sometimes the harvest is hidden but I think if we're intentional and prayerful we can find that every season has a little bit of a harvest in it mm, even if I it's just like the joy that. or the peace there's something there for us to gain and I don't want to I don't want to leave singleness and there's a bunch of harvests that I left around because I was too busy complaining and and murmuring because my married life wasn't now
0: mm-hmm. ooh, that's good Mm -hmm. I think I would like to see uh, married couples just be more transparent about Mm. not necessarily just the struggles, but just about like all aspects of marriage. But I think the struggles are helpful because Mm -hmm. that is one of the main reasons I believe our society romanticizes and idolizes marriage, because Mm -hmm. everything that we see only shows the beauty of marriage. It's very rare that we see storylines in media or people just openly sharing about Mm -hmm. the things that they are struggling with in marriage and I think what I have learned just from like listening to other Christian folks you know the Perry's talk about their Mm -hmm. relationship things and Pastor Mike Todd talk about his relationship struggles Mm -hmm. like it just it just um it sobers you up about marriage you know Mm -hmm. and it just makes it this real tangible thing instead Mm -hmm. of this like fluffy idolized thing and so yeah I would love if you are a married couple and you have single friends and just in conversation I mean obviously not pouring out all of your business but if they're asking about like oh like what are some of the things that you um are struggling with just Mm -hmm. being transparent about that and not trying to make it seem like everything is great all the time
1: Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I would add one more thing I read a book can't think of the title but one of the things she encouraged single women to do if they want to be married is begin to create relationships with women who are married mm-hmm. and learn from them now. Mm-hmm. Like, don't wait till you're married to have married couple friends. Like, you can build friendships with them now mm. and, and sit with them. And that's I did that. I don't know if that was this year. That can't, was was this year. that this year? When I started sitting with different women in our church. And I was like, I just want to talk to you about marriage and mm-hmm. learn from you and hear y'all's story. And I learned so much so it's also on the single single people as well to take that initiative if they want to learn to ask married couples because I found a lot of married couples are very willing to share but Mm -hmm. no one has really asked them Mm
0: -hmm. that's a good point too yep
1: all right final question final little note of the season (laughs) final
0: question Mm,
1: okay this one is controversial Mm. always uh do men always have to lead in relationships has this expectation changed or should it change with the evolution of society I think I'm just going, can I just
0: jump in? Just go ahead, girl.
1: Y'all, I just want to first say that everything we say on this podcast is based on the Bible. That is the source. But what makes this a little complicated is that there are no biblical instructions specifically on dating. Mm. But we have the best biblical example on how to treat, care, and love one another. Whether we're pursuing people, whether we're in friendship with them, married to them, no matter what. We can look at the life of Jesus if we want to know, okay, maybe I don't have an answer on how to lead, but I know how I can love somebody. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was just making a list of all the things that Jesus did. I mean, this is a short list, but it was so touching for me. I mean, he loved the disenfranchised. He moved towards those who were weak. He loved the Pharisee. He served. He washed people's feet. He prayed all night for people. Mm. He sacrificed with people. I love the scripture that talks about John laying his head on his chest. So he allowed physical intimacy. Um, and he cried with people. Mm. And I think like, okay, I don't know if you should, how you know, I don't have an answer for this particular question. But I do have an answer for how you need to treat people. Mm-hmm. Love them like Jesus.
0: Mm that's pretty simple there i mean yep. and i think as it relates to dating like it's all preference it at the really end of the is. day because to your point it ain't in the bible mm-hmm. so like but what i found interesting you know ephesians 5 21 says submit to one another out of reverence for Ooh. christ so to the point about men leading i think a lot of times people's problem with leadership specifically from a man is because they. Feel that it feeds into this idea of misogyny for mm-hmm. and, and um, or just like oppression for women mm-hmm. but if i based on this scripture am submitting to the christ in you mm-hmm. then i would be comfortable submitting to the leadership of a man mm-hmm. because it's not just about you it's about who you are following and if you are on your knees to the same God that on. I am to, then I trust your leadership because I know that it has come from the heavenly father. Yeah. And I think that we have to just be careful about
1: how we are to your point, defining leadership. Are we allowing the world to define how we see leadership, which mm-hmm. typically is oppressive, which <laughs> is controlling and manipulative. But again, if we're looking at the life of Jesus, we're talking about servant leadership. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if someone is leading in your relationship, they should be doing all the things I listed. Mm-hmm. That's what a good leader does. Yeah. A leader serves. Yeah. Yeah so I just want to add that little tidbit in there
0: no yeah that's good and I think um, this is actually like a really interesting topic of discussion even in the Christian community Mm -hmm. and so there's a couple different perspectives that if you're interested in looking more into this around male leadership I think they're called egalitarian and complementarian okay theology Um, that girl be knowing stuff. that girl be reading a couple books or whatever (laughs) you know because that was referenced in sacred search which we have already given so much praise this season Mm -hmm. so um, yeah you can definitely just research it and kind of. Of, at the end of the day come to your own conclusion about yeah. what it is that you choose to believe and work that out with your father the way they say work out your salvation mm-hmm. like work out your perspective on that as well but um i think those are really good points just around like you should be connecting leadership to the way that christ led period 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 <laughs> Oh, wow! Any other um, thoughts? Lasting thoughts on uh, relationship like has something really <laughs> profound. I
1: will say this: we said this at the very beginning, but all relationships start with you. Yeah. So if you don't know where to start. You can start on your knees praying Mm -hmm. and asking God to reveal the areas in you that he needs to reveal so that you can flourish because he built us to not only have intimacy with him, but to have intimacy with one another. Mm -hmm. And he has given us tools in the Bible with the example of Jesus and so many resources on how to thrive in relationships. So I just hope that y'all will continue to press into your relationships as we get ready for this winter season. Mm -hmm. It's about to get cold and it's not going to be sunny. And so make sure you're just reaching out to your friends and loving on people. Yeah, that's my last little thought.
0: I love that. Love people well. And I think recognize. That like relationships are designed to challenge you, I believe, and so if you are not feeling challenged in your life, in your Mm. relationships, I think that that may say something about the people that you're around or even some of the growth that you may need to do. So to that point, I think just continuing to do that that daily invitation to the Holy Spirit to be like, come on in here and work on this thing called me as well as me and my relationships. And you will find that, like, yes, it is challenging to be going through that every single Mm. day, but, I mean, even through the course of this season, I feel... So much more equipped, and I feel like I've grown so much just even by going through this season with y'all. So, we hope y'all have enjoyed. Uh, all right, y'all. That is a wrap. It is season four and uh, it's it's done. So thank y'all for walking with us for this season. 11 whole weeks. Wow, we did 11 weeks of this? 11 whole weeks. Won't he do it? Mm. So if y'all have loved anything that we've said this entire season and you haven't yet, please, please, please go drop us a review on Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars. Girl, I'm just kind of just impressed and, and grateful that we were
1: able to cover so many great topics this season. I mean, we talked about so many relationships relationship themes from conflict boundaries dating so if you miss any of these episodes make sure you go back listen to them and y'all if any of these episodes blessed you bless us by sharing the podcast with other people
0: yeah i love it y'all it's been such a great season and i don't know about y'all but i've learned so much and i feel really prepared to build and maintain healthy and whole relationships so we're gonna be taking a break for a little bit but have a lot of exciting things in store for the fall so make sure you stay tuned by following us on instagram at rooted life podcast for updates just know that we love Mm -hmm. y'all y'all stay rooted out here